0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May twenty-fourth, two 2017, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, At the bottom of page 44, the fourth paragraph beginning with The Mere Code of Morals or a Better Philosophy, we will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs ending on page 45 with But, where and how were we to find this power? Today's readers are Yvette A, Anita L, Lynn S, Lauren N. and Amanda R. Our newcomer greeter is Suzanne W. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, May 23, 2017, are 9968, that's 9968, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, and 9970, that's 9970, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous i will now ask yvette a to read the 12
1: steps of oa good morning this is yvette a from new york the 12 steps one we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable two Seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. eight made a list of all persons who had harmed who we had harmed, we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so, would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service.
0: Thank you, Yvette A., I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions of OA.
2: Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. 11 Our public relations policy is based on traction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television and other public media of communication. 12 Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, at the bottom of page 44, the fourth paragraph beginning with, If a Mere Code of Morals or a Better Philosophy, we will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs, ending on page 45, with, but where and how were we to find this power? I will now ask Lynn S. to begin.
3: Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, Many of us would have recovered long ago, but we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves,
4: obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Just Reading this just reminded me of what my life was like and how hard
3: I tried so many times to get a handle on this thing this thing being the weight and the food and then this thing being life and how I couldn't handle life. And no matter what books I read or no matter how hard I tried to be different, I couldn't be. I just couldn't be. And I and it I couldn't understand why not. That's what I love about the textbook of Alcoholics Anonymous and where we are right now is so exciting because lack of power, that was our dilemma. That's step one. And hearing step two described by vision as being the confirmation of the need of a power greater than myself, if the first 44 pages didn't, didn't do that for me, I don't know what would, but it, it certainly sets the groundwork for the fact that I know I can't do this and I need something greater than me to help me. Such a revelation because I didn't know it before. I just knew that I was utterly failing, trying to control the food, trying to get a handle on that. And almost even more important, utterly failing with life. And no matter how hard I tried, I could not change the things that drove me inside insane and, and everybody around me crazy. I couldn't stop doing it. And then what's even better is not only does it tell us what our problem is, but it says now how are we going to find this power and where do we find it? And this is the kickoff point for now explaining how we connect with that power that's greater than ourselves. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Lynn S. I'm not sure if that background noise was coming from Lynn's line or someone else's. Um, If you're not about to give your name to speak, please check that you mute your phone um, who would like to share Harlan G, Matt M Tina S
5: Tina M, S Matt Sally
0: A S. I've got Harlan G, Matt M and Tina S sorry about everybody else who else would like to try again Craig Jan S F. I have Greg and I think Jan
6: S Sally A
0: G. okay I'm just going to go with because then we're going to have an announcement and then we'll take another list, another roster. So who I have are Harlan G., Matt M., Tina S., Greg, I didn't get your last initial, Jan S., and Chrissy G. Harlan G., please go ahead.
4: Harlan. Harlan. Harlan, star one to unmute.
7: I'm sorry, Harlan, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I just want to thank Rebecca and Team Wednesday for making this marvelous meeting possible. From the time I was three, four years old, I looked at the world and the world looked at me. And I looked at the world and the world looked at me and they said to themselves and they said out loud and they said to me, why are you eating so much, young man? And I looked at them, but I didn't dare say what I was thinking. And what I was thinking is, why aren't you eating so much? How is it that you can eat three french fries And have a conversation and those fries are screaming at me from the plate and you are oblivious to them. How is it that you can leave a half a piece of pie on a plate and it is screaming at me, it's tackling me in the open field and saying, eat me, eat me, eat me. And people would say things to me like, you've got to try harder. You've got to get some willpower. You've got to buck up, young man. You've got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just not eat so much and the famous push yourself away from the table. And I pushed myself away from the table and I pulled myself up by the bootstraps and I could not stay out of the food no matter how hard I tried. Now I, along with many of us, have done amazing things with our lives that required guts and perseverance and, and, and smarts and skill. But I can't beat a Kit Kat bar. One-on-one, a Kit Kat bar will beat me down every time. I need a power greater than myself. It doesn't matter whether it's a religious deity. It doesn't matter whether it's whatever. What I need, what I require, is a power greater than myself. Tomorrow we're going to read the thesis line of the big book. In closing, I'll say, I'm 63 years old today. Today's my belly button birthday. Were it not for Overeaters Anonymous, I would have been dead decades ago, and I would have been in Waldheim Cemetery in Chicago. I am grateful for every day, every minute of life, and everything I have, every every joy I have comes from this magnificent way of life that is beyond my wildest dreams, and I believe sincerely that vision for you is the renaissance of that way of life. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much.
0: Happy birthday, Harlan. Thank you. Matt M.,
8: Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you. Uh,
9: it's a hard act to follow Harlan right after Harlan, but I'll do it. Happy birthday, Harlan. This is Matt M. with the Postal Overeater from Harlan, New Jersey, on the East Coast. Uh, I've had a good moral code. I thought I had a good sense of ethics, what right from wrong, but that always got pushed aside when the food became paramount. That's why I became a thief. I became, I stole from people. I manipulated people out of money because that's the food, the kick Kat bar, or the Oreo cookie, is for me the pizza became paramount to all else, I had to get that food, and so my they're my morals, were, they didn't have nothing to do with what I was doing at the time, and um, the, the need of power wasn't there, you know, I, I so the idea popped in my head that I want the food, and I, went, I followed that idea to the, to the bitter end, that's why I got to be over 650 pounds, because I there was no such thing as willpower when it comes to this disease, it's a drug of no choice, it's a food for me, you know I, know, I could have been a drinker. I was a drinker at one time, but I stopped. I was able to stop on my own willpower. I could have been a drug addict. Thank God I wasn't. And But the food, I have no absolutely no control whatsoever once I take that first bite. It's lack of power. That was my dilemma. I had, I'm and i trying to find a relationship with my higher power right now. I'm working through the steps with my sponsor, and I'm working it one day at a time to try to get that connection. But right now, it's getting closer, and I'm getting closer to the fitness to where I have to be and I'm feeling that strength one day at a time I feel my higher power being closer to me because I'm getting closer to it and I'm just grateful that I have a choice today do I make the choice of going into the food or do I make the choice of going towards recovery and with that I'll pass.
0: Thanks madam. Tina S.
10: Thanks Rebecca for your service Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Thanks guys, some great shares there. This is my absolute favorite part of the big book. Absolutely. Uh without a doubt, you know, because it, it tells me, you know, if a mere solely if if solely a code of morals which are principles of right and wrong, you know, were sufficient, if they were inadequ- if they were adequate or enough, you know, many of us would have recovered long ago. You know. But it but it wasn't enough, you know. And then it tells me that, you know, our human resources Failed us utterly, you know. So now then he tells me what my, my, my dilemma is. Lack of power. I thought it was the food. I thought it was the booze. I thought it was the man or the woman. You know, I thought that was my my problem. But lack of power is my dilemma, you know. And then it said we had to find a power by which we could live. You know, by which we could live. you know. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. You know, and power greater than ourselves is a telephys. So, you know, I better take some, spend some, Extra time on that little um, bit of a sentence, you know and then it says Obvious, obviously, but where and how are we to find this power and then it's going to tell us exactly how to do that and I am so grateful and so grateful that we're getting into the, into the solution of this. this is where it is, this is where it's happening so that one day at a time you know I don't have to live in the food and uh, not participate in this life that they're talking about and with that I'll pass thanks.
4: Thanks, Tina S. Greg, and your initial? Yeah, this is Craig F. Oh, Craig. Recovered. I'm sorry, Craig. Craig F.
11: Yeah, recovered okay. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and thank you for your service and the opportunity to share. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I see here, that I see in myself is that uh, uh, that mere code of morals, the the will that they talk about, um, that I I had that in certain areas of my life, and and when I couldn't apply it here, when I couldn't apply it to my eating, um, it, I it came I came to a point where I just kind of gave up, in in other words, accepted the idea that that I was. Um, that I was doomed to this and uh, and it never occurred to me that it was, that I was unable to follow it because I was powerless. uh, What, what occurred to me was to just not play. And if I couldn't win, I wouldn't play. Um, What what I, what I really want to talk about too is a a few weeks ago, I got a new big book, uh, a large print big book. And uh, I began to highlight it in color code. I am uh, I highlight. I'm highlighting the promises in one color, prayers in another color, uh, the musts in another color, and the necessity of a spiritual experience in another color. And um, there's a couple other things, but anyway, what I noticed in this paragraph, because I haven't highlighted this paragraph yet, is that uh, that there's both uh, a, a must and the necessity of a spiritual experience. And uh, again, and that, and that necessity of a spiritual experience is that uh, that got the hot pink highlighter uh, out of the set that I got, and and my big book is turning hot pink. That uh, there's uh, just an awful lot of hot pink in there that says the necessity of a spiritual experience, and uh, but there's a must here too. Uh, it, it, it doesn't say must, but it says we had to. We had to find a power by which we could live. It had to be a power greater than ourselves, and and so that'll get uh, a contrast. Um, that'll get that'll get a must uh, highlight. And uh, so um, anyway, with that, I'll uh, I'll pass. Thanks for having me share.
0: Thanks, Craig F. Thanks. Um, before Jan. S. and Chrissy G. go. I just want to mention that we will be having
4: an announcement after Chrissy G.'s turn. Dan S., go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning to everyone
12: uh, on the line. I'm so grateful to be here today and be able to share and just say what a blessing what a blessing. If, you know, if, if morals, living a moral life could have fixed me, I probably, you know, wouldn't have, you know, looking back on my life, I wouldn't have had a problem to begin with. Because not only did I grow up in, a, uh, you know, a crazy, insane, um, Italian, Catholic, Family filled with morals and rules that I had to, you know, obey. Um, But uh, you know, those those things that were instilled in me did not change what my disease did to me. Um, All those morals went right out the window, right out the window, at the hands of my addiction, at the hands of my disease, and and at the hands of me running riot with self-will. Lack of power was our dilemma. Absolutely. I had I had no power greater than myself except my disease. That was my higher power for for years and years out of the program, before I got to a program, and for a very long time in the program. Um, Self-reliance failed me miserably every time. But I just kept going back to that until this disease brought me to my knees almost 30 years in program still thinking that I had the power somewhere in there Or that, you know, I was doing it, I was doing it, I was maintaining weight, I was doing it, you know, here I was, I was. And so I am so grateful today because the power that I have in my life today that I choose to call God is the most important part of my life every day. If I do not meet God on God's terms every morning to start my day in prayer and meditation and writing, um, it's going to be a rough day, and 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 that source is everything to my life, and I can only thank God and this program of recovery and the 12 steps that I choose to live by today because I know there is no other way. This is my last house on the left, and I am thrilled to live here and be in my life here every day. So with that I pass and I thank you for allowing me to share. Have a blessed day.
13: You too. Thanks Janice. Chrissy G. Hi. Hi. It's Chrissy G. Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. Um, It's about, it's, this is all about belief. This part here for me, it's, it's yelling out to me belief. You know, am I willing to believe in a power greater than myself? And that that willingness changes everything. And when I get to the point where I actually do believe it just that those those are the lenses that I see life through. I love the understanding that I get from the phrase to tap into an inner resource. To think of God in me as an inner resource is so helpful for me. And I share that just because i i miss that even though i read it maybe hundreds of times before i really understood what it meant it doesn't mean that i i i pray and i cry and i pray until i'm struck um abstinent it, that's not how it works it means that i tap into something and tapping into that something requires some action on my part but it's there it exists it lives and as all you have to do is be willing to believe that it exists to try it, you know, that's all you, you need to do. And even though, you know, some people um, scoff, they'll pray. That's what it says in the doctor's opinion. You know, you could scoff and say, I, there's no, there's no power that I could tap into that could stop me from picking up something that I'm compulsed to pick up because I've been there and I, there was no, there was no power. Just like with Ebby, when he was sitting across the table from Bill, there was no power in him previously, but he saw the power. Now there was a power that existed that helped him resist the self destruction of alcoholism. And what a miracle because he knew the power alcohol had over him. So, all I can say is that the power exists, and I I was willing to believe, and that's all it took, and with that, I, I passed.
14: Thank you, Chrissy G.
0: We're going to interrupt our meeting for a moment and have a word from our sponsor. Take it away, Janice M.
6: Well, will we see you in September? Where, you may ask? Well, Liberty International Airport Marriott in northern New Jersey. And then you may say, but when is it? Well, September 15th, 16th, and 17th. Why? How very exciting. A Vision for You presents Power of the Big Book Convention 2017. Well, how do you register? Check out our website, www.avisionforyou.info for news, information, our community bulletin board, where you will find a roommate if you need, a share a ride, or print out some flyers to bring to your face-to-face meetings. And um, that's about it. See you in September. Bye-bye. So long. Farewell.
15: See you
14: in
6: September. In September. <laughs> That's Thanks,
14: Anna Sam.
4: <laughs>
0: okay, we're back to our meeting, um, and it's time for others to speak up if they would like to share. Uh, Sally. Sally. Rachel A, W. Reba Rachel P. Anna K. P.
16: Leia
0: oh, M. Leslie I don't write program. that now. So wait
16: one second.
0: Rachel W. Was it Anna K.? Yes. And Barbara okay. e. and I heard Leah M. And Barbara E. Reba P. Sure okay, Reva P. Why don't we go with that and see if we have time for others? So I have Sally A., Rachel W., Anna K., Leah M., Barbara E., and Reva P. Go ahead, Janice I mean, uh, Sally A.
14: <laughs> good morning. Uh, good good morning. morning, A Vision for You, and good morning, Rebecca. It's Sally A. Recovered in New York. Gratefully recovered. I am uh, loving what we're reading here because I feel like I'm reading it with new eyes. And um, I would want to just say one thing this morning. It's a mere code of morals or a better philosophy. They're repeating this sentence pretty much this concept over and over. We go to the top of page 45, would have recovered long ago, but we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us. And what this says to me is again speaking to the body and the mind. Moral codes, what we do and philosophy, how we think. And what we have is a disease of our body and our mind, right? We have an allergy and we have a compulsivity and it speaks to the body and the mind. And over and over in different ways, they continually bring this up to us. But finally, they remind us once again our human resources, I love that word resources. I've thought of that many times throughout my life, my resources have always seemed inadequate. As marshalled by the will. Oh, my will is my willpower has always had a, a broken factor to it, a broken it's a broken button, it's a broken state. Were not sufficient. They failed utterly. And that is the truth. They're they're once again reminding us that we needed power. We need power. And we are not nothing we do in terms of what we do or how we think is going to give us this power. This power has to come from an outside source. I have continually had to go deeper. I happen to have a God that will not settle for less and all of me. And maybe you do too. And I've had to re-look over and over at what do I believe? What is my God? Because inevitably, I keep pushing my God out the car door and pushing myself back behind the wheel. And it never works. I have to find a God that I can comfortably sit back and believe that my God loves me and means to do me good. And that is very important to articulate for yourself what do you believe. And if you have trouble believing, then just pray, help my unbelief. Thanks for letting me share with that I pass.
4: Thanks, Sally A. Rachel W. Rachel, we don't hear you. Hi, it's Rachel W. Can you hear me now?
0: I hear you, Rachel.
5: Super. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Um, and this is Rachel W. Recover compulsive to calling from New York. And um, I'm really appreciating this meeting as as, as usual. Um, I have so much gratitude to hear all these shares and and the reading of course you know to be reminded that um you know just the magnitude of this of this whole process of, this of what i'm facing you know um i'm i'm just a picturing like this huge you know monstrous disease thing whatever it is and and i'm kind of just pausing and and taking a look i feel like when i read this paragraph it was kind of like it's not about fighting it it's more about just saying what what is going on here you know why is this so big you know why is it that that when it comes to my way, um, morals and other things just go out the window. you know what why is that and and for me, it has to do with one thing, and that is the um, complete and total you know lack of wanting to feel things you know that's pretty much what it is either i don't want to feel or I have a really uh, I, I need help I need help when i when i'm feeling something you know and and um so you know and, and I think for me you know it's kind of. I feel like I'm kind of honoring how, how big this is. And can I just say with compassion, you know, that the reason I'm doing this is because I'm feeling pain. And, um, and I think that I'm not unique. You know, I think that the idea of something being painful and then, and then using something else, my addiction, you know, to get over it is it seems to be more than I'm not unique. (laughs) It seems to be that that's something that, that kind of occurs often in the human race. So, I'm feeling that I can have compassion in my process to say, this is really big. And if I'm throwing morals out the window and I'm eating in a way that, or uh, doing something destructive in a way that's, that's, you know, not good for me, there must be a bigger reason that I don't want to feel. So coming into this program, coming into this process is telling me, no, all the problem is, is I don't have, I, I, it's a lack of power. It's a lack of, 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 you know, the idea that I'm, I, I'm not going to solve this by myself. Can I can I lean into the steps? And say, step one, my life is unmanageable. This is unmanageable when I know the right thing to, that I need to do and I can't do it. So I, go, I come to you as my higher power. I go to God as my higher power. And every day I'm stretching my experience so that my experience with my higher power is larger than anything going on in my life. And I go on to step two and say, you know, um, do I believe or not? You know, and if I don't, then I go back and say, you know, why am I limiting my higher power? You know, why am I doing that? And I get help for that. So um, I'm just going to end there. I'm so grateful for this meeting, and thank you so uh, so much for the opportunity to share today.
4: Thank you, Rachel W. Anna Kay. Hi, can you hear me? I hear you, Anna, hear Anna Kay. You. Hi.
16: Thank you, thank you. Good morning, and thank you very much for everybody in and- everybody. Here this morning, I'm Anna Kay, a recovered compulsive reader who lives in Volcanoes, currently in Pennsylvania. Well, our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. You know, I've been in and out of these rooms for 32 years, and that means bookkiss. <laughs> it's not until the last, really, year and a few months that I have got a glimpse that it's not me. I mean, I always knew it wasn't me, but it isn't me because I could never do it. I could never be as kind as I thought I really was or all this moral stuff. I thought I really had it. It could do it. It's okay. I could put down that food. No, no. I have to. In this this chapter, we agnostics, I used to grab onto it and say, oh, this has got to be it because I claimed I was an agnostic all my life. I still do. Uh, But I don't have it. It isn't me. I can't deal with my sick mind. I could only turn to what I consider my higher power. My higher power is my friend. I talk to my higher power. And not just when things are crazy around me. I have to do it. Every day, if I remember, (laughs) but every day. Why? Because it's my practice to be with my friend, to call on to this inner conversation that keeps me. There's no moral code that helps me with that inner conversation. There's no moral code that helps me realize that my sick mind shouldn't yell at somebody or think it's better for them. Control, control, control. No. Even before talking right now, I, I got nervous. And I was able to sit in that and calm myself and be with my higher power internally to even talk to you guys and to be there. Because my human resource, my will, means nothing. It didn't take me to the right place to put down that food, to to truly face the planet and not uh, respond in the way that kills me and people around me. I... Understand now there's a little bit of a light with that step two now that helps me and helps me be recovered because it isn't me and I really have this inner connection. I didn't have to search out for me outside in a religion or anything, I couldn't, it didn't make sense. But these steps have helped me, and I do remember, thankfully, occasionally, with the help of all the tools. But the tools don't do it. It's me, that connection inside when I talk. Thank you, thank you. All right, have a good one, everybody. Mm -hmm. I love you all. Thank you. Bye-bye.
17: Thanks, Anna Kay. Leah M. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. You know, this disease turned its screws on me, um... Just tighter and tighter and tighter um and cornered me um you know to the point where you know there was just nothing left you know um it you know it, it made it clear through pain that I wasn't going to be able to rely on my own efforts, my own knowledge, my own intentions, any intelligence that I could muster up any willpower that I could muster, Um, you know, through working with other people over a number of years, it's not even religion or even faith um, that can conquer this uh, illness. Um, You know, it goes on to say lack of power, that was our dilemma, we had to find a power by which we could live. The big book is not simply recommending a higher power relationship you know, to free me from the bakery box and all those cellophane bags and snicker bars, um, it was hammering into me the need for me to stop living by self-propulsion and start depending on something that um, was reliable and and constant and consistent, um, that unsuspected inner resource. You know, the big book, kept hammering to me uh, that my problem was less those bags and bakery boxes than my selfishness and self-sufficient ways that blocked access to that power. And I had to get pummeled, personally, uh, crushed by my disease in order to experience this powerlessness so that it became the launching pad, the bedrock of desperation to seek and find power. You know, it just it wasn't any intellectual uh you know exercise for me i mean i'd certainly been brought up in a very academic uh you know, uh, home, and uh, I might have said I believed in God, but the truth was I stood on my own two feet. I ran my own show. I tried to rule my own destiny. Um, I never turned to God for help. I didn't know what that was. I had no depth in the spiritual realm, um, and so I got nothing. You know, I got nothing um, except crushed by a disease. I didn't realize I was suffering from disease. Only a spiritual experience was going to conquer. And the bottom line is God came in through my wounds. <laughs> this was no virtue on my part. God came in through my wounds. It was just throwing down everything and saying, I don't know. I don't know who God is. I don't know where he is. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> but all I know is I'm, I'm dead by myself. I'm just wrapping up. And I didn't have to understand this process, and I certainly didn't have to wrap my brain out, around it because those in whom the problem had been solved told me that my, I will experience it through the working of these steps. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
13: Thanks, Leah.
15: Barbara E. Good morning, everyone. I hope I can be heard. It is so glad. I am so glad to be back on the meeting. I've spent the last few days in Brooklyn visiting with my daughter and my little baby granddaughter. Exhausting but wonderful. I had the opportunity to do my ninth step amends in the brief time my little granddaughter was asleep, and it was so freeing. I was born a compulsive overeater. Just as I have brown hair and brown eyes, I was born it. I it was not born out of life experiences, as some people have said. I was climbing up on shelves and eating more than I should. No one screamed at me to lose weight, but I was the kind of little baby that got her cheeks squeezed and the toddler who had to go to the Chubet shop in the department stores. And that was humiliating. I didn't know why, but somehow going to the store section was not good for me. I certainly didn't have a belief in a higher power. I was told to rely on myself. God did not play any part in our family growing up. I was taken to doctors, given shots, pills, fat camps, all kinds of diet programs that I embarked on. I had no God. Someone pointed out to me when I came into OA 20 years ago that, She thought I did, but it was centered in my kitchen, in my refrigerator, because I would go there at night to pray. Today I pray to help my unbelief. I don't need to worry about whether it's called God or whatever it is. I have to have a faith in something outside myself that is not centered in my kitchen. I went to Brooklyn All Prepared with my foods, my fruit my little oatmeal, my yogurt. And then my daughter said, would you mind if I gave my her daughter some of my banana? I wanted to say no. It was my banana. She said, how about if I share a little of the oatmeal? I wanted to say no. That's my oatmeal. I planned for it. I prayed. I said to myself, to that higher power, And I don't care what I call it. Let this be enough. It's not that important. It's not that important. It's just food. There'll be another meal. Relax and enjoy. And I did. I had to stop putting my faith in, at first, a sponsor. Because sponsors are mortal. I had to stop putting my faith in just going to meetings because just going to meetings, for me, wasn't enough. I had to be willing to accept that there was a power. Oh, thank you. There was a power, and I was willing to follow my step sponsor and do whatever she said, because she is the teacher, and I am the student, and I am so grateful. Thank you. Have a good day. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. Reva P.,
18: Good morning. It's Reva P, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Um, Whenever I see the word morals, it always reminds me that having this illness has nothing to do with being a good person or a bad person. And I spent many, many days and years telling myself I was a good girl based on what I did with food and telling myself I was a bad girl based on what I did with food. So this illness is not about morals. It's about having access to power because that's my problem that's my dilemma the other thing i thought of when it says we had to have a power by which we could live it doesn't say i needed a power by which i could be sober or by which i by which i could be abstinent only it's by which i could live and you know it's not just about power um, with the food because um, food is really the last thing to go it's, it's my solution what do I need power for um, right now this morning I needed to write a step 10 and I will share it after the meeting today because I need to pay people for a service that they provided morally I know it's the right thing to do but I don't want to do it and um, I've got fears around it um, and I can know that it's the right thing to do. I can affirmation myself about it's the right thing to do, but it will not be peaceful no matter what I do. I need to work the steps so that I have access to this power to live. How do I have the courage to speak up when I need to speak up? How do I relate to somebody um, you know, with respect, with tolerance, with love, when I don't feel like it? Because I have a good reason, don't you know? Um, That's the power that I need. I don't have the power to change my actions and my thinking. Um, Actually, the actions I can take responsibility for. But I don't have that power to change these old beliefs that drive me to do what I don't want to do and to not do what I want to do. And that's why I need this power. And I love the reminder, I can wish, and it says wish two times. I can will, and it says will two times. But you know what? It doesn't work, and it doesn't just fail. It fails utterly. Um, And it's really driving home to me um, that, you know, there's a really good reason why I need this power. And I also want to end with, I love the fact that it's past tense, that lack of power was my dilemma. So after I work the steps, that is no longer my dilemma because I have steps to take and a method to use to access that power so I can um, be free and not need the food and not do the power struggles with food. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Leva P. This is Rebecca F., and I'd like to take a turn. Um, let me just set my timer. Um grateful compulsive overeater and if a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism you know I didn't know that my problem was a disease I thought it was a moral and philosophical issue so I tried to solve my problem with morals and philosophy I came to these rooms and I discovered by the grace of God that I have a disease. Now let's say we substituted alcoholism for cancer. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome cancer, many of us would have recovered long ago. But, you know, maybe there's that unusual person here or there who can cure cancer with morals and philosophy but you know for the you know bozo on the bus that I am that would not do the trick I would have to go for treatment and um, unlike a medical condition that kind of a disease like cancer I have a spiritual malady And so the solution to um, overcoming my addiction is not morals or philosophy. It's a spiritual solution. And I was given that solution on a silver platter in this book by all of you. And all I had to do was accept it and follow some good orderly directions that really were not nearly as difficult as the struggles that I always had without that solution. So um, it it's uh, an awakening for me and those of us who come to the realization that uh, there is nothing that I could have done to solve this problem of my own accord. I needed the directions in this book and all of you to explain it to me and lovingly um, coax me along to get to a place where I now have a power greater than myself who I choose to call God who solves this and all my problems for me. And who knew that um, this disease of mine, which I didn't even know was a disease that I thought was a terrible affliction, would be serve me so well. And with that, I'll pass. And with one more person like to
8: share? Larry?
0: Larry, take it away. Thank you.
8: <laughs> okay. Thanks, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Larry, Recovered pulse for your from Chicago, I'll take a couple of minutes here. You know, this this is not, we've heard, this is not an intellectual exercise, this this program of action. And it's it's not something that we figure out for ourselves. We don't we do not effectuate a spiritual awakening on our own behalf by thinking our way into this God consciousness. It just it just won't happen. I know that emphatically not only because it tells me in the big book, but because I've experienced this and perhaps you have as well. We do not earn this thing and we need a paradigm shift in our own lives to approach this the right way because this is not a class where they set out you know, the learning objectives and then through your intellect and analysis, you may be able to compete for the, uh, 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 the grade of A by figuring it out better than your neighbor. That's, that's utterly uh, not true here. This isn't a trophy that we win. And as long as I remain self-centered, even in program, selfish, not morally selfish, but thinking about myself with that self-centered existence, even in program, even dabbling in this deal, I cannot have a spiritual awakening. Sufficient, remember the word sufficient is important here, to to, um, arrest this disease, to stop this disease, to drive out that obsession. We need to move this step, which I did not effectuate. I didn't bring it about myself, but through this sequential process, what happens is we begin to change. We begin to change, and we move from that self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And when that happens through this sequential process, then and only then uh, do the promises come true. So, it doesn't matter how good we are morally. Boy, if this was a disease about moral codes, I wouldn't be here. No way. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Thank you, everyone, all 320 of us, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Wednesday, May 17th, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 9971. That's 9971. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lauren N. please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page.
19: Hi, this is Lauren N. Can you hear me?
0: I hear you, Lauren N. Thank you.
19: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us Abandon yourself to God as you understand God, admit your faults to Him and to your fellows, clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you can you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as we trudge as you trudge the road of
4: happy destiny.